Bible tells us the goodness of God leadeth to repentance, does it not? And God has been good to us over and over and over and over. The Word also says, save some by fear. Okay, so we got some fearful, weird things going on in the world that's not going to stop. It's just going to escalate. The Bible also says, my people die for lack of knowledge. Knowledge. So you're going to get knowledge this morning. It's not going to be kind of like a preaching thing. It's going to be more like a classroom thing. Okay, now I do not profess to be an expert in end time theology or revelation, but we can get close enough to know if your act's not together, you better get it together. You just better get it together. I mean, that's the way it is. Uh, there's no greater name. That name that uh, that they were singing about today, that song, um, Your Great Name, we're going to sing that at the end of this. i got so much stuff, it's going to be impossible to finish today. Today. I'm not talking about this morning. So it's uh, if you're going to get half the knowledge, then I guess that's the best you're going to do. But you need to come back, and probably it's going to flow over into maybe even next week. Okay, because... End times, revelation, symbols, symbolic. It's difficult for man, but it's the truth. It's the truth. Sadly to say, probably to a lot of Americans, Christianity has just been kind of a title. It's kind of a title. You can call a lot of people dads, but they're really not dads. It's just a title. And so we find ourselves uh, spiritually bankrupt or poor in our nation. And so when these things take place and they uh, start to unfold on Fox TV, um, hopefully some folks in this nation will start to wake up and start to check out exactly what seems to be happening. And our only comfort, our only defense, our only haven is the Lord Jesus Christ. It just is. It's not like I got this great plan. Uh, remember um, back when uh, we were thinking maybe possibly this was the war of wars. Uh, I can't remember which one it was. Maybe it was Desert Storm or something like that where they had a supposedly million-man army with rifles and this, and our guys were over there, and some people in here served in Desert Storm and all this various stuff, and we're like, man, what's the nation going to do? Remember, what did they come on the airways and tell us? Duct tape and plastic. Remember that? That's what your that's what your great leaders are duct tape and plastic. We're you know we've got nuclear age in their duct tape and plastic. So if you want to count on them, I certainly pray for them. Pray for wisdom. Pray when you vote. Pray all that kind of stuff. But if your eggs are in their basket, this great United States of America, you got the wrong basket. You just do. Sad to say. I wish it wasn't true, but it is. My basket is the Lord Jesus Christ and the Word of God. It just is. I tell God over and over and over, God, I'm no hero. I see this stuff on TV. Sometimes it makes my knees buckle. makes me worry about my grandchildren, my wife, my children, all the various things. But Lord, let me just remember, You are my strength. You are my mercy. You are my grace. You are my everything. So before I get in and start trying to unravel a lot of this stuff, let's look at hopefully these words are comforting to you. Not just words. Don't be a token Christian. That time is over. Not just words. Psalms 121.1. Gave a little bit of this to the Wednesday night crowd. Psalms 121.1 says this. I will lift up my eyes unto the hills. That's what we're doing here this morning. From whence cometh my help? It goes on and says, My help cometh from the Lord, 
That's where our help's going to come from. That's where our, that's where I want my wisdom to come from, my understanding and my knowledge. I want it to come from above, from heaven, from God, not from man who tells me duct tape and plastic when I look at my uh, two grandsons. No, I want my help to come from Almighty God. And so the Bible tells us to lift up our eyes to where our help truly comes from. It comes from the Lord. Listen, by the way, He made heaven and earth. That sounds like pretty good pedigree to just trust this guy. He made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. He's not going to take a nap and say, oh no, what happened to Pastor Joe? When did that happen? He's not going to nod off. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall never slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is the shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth even forevermore. God says, that's what I'll do for you. Israel became a state May 1948. Maybe it was May 17th. I can't quite remember the day. May 1948. And the day or the day after they became a state, they were attacked by Syria and Egypt. Syria and Egypt immediately attacked them. Now, my figures might be a little bit off or something. I think I had like 6,000 people in the armed service, and half of them had rifles, mostly just rifles. And they had enough ammunition for three days. Is Israel still a state? Then apparently God did something, right? And that, when I look at that and I read stuff and study stuff like that and say, God, if you're able, this huge Egypt army that come up from the south and Syria, and they were just going to eat a piece of cake. It's like the bull is just going to knock the chip off the block, and yet God sustained them. God will sustain you and I. If you panic and run, it's because you don't trust Almighty God. That's just the way it is. That's where we're at. This is now just going to be... Look, look, the, the things that we trust in are falling away. Our money, our stock markets, portfolios, a lot of them are cut in half. I've started to read in the Wall Street Journal where they're calling for another collapse, another housing bust, another market collapse by 2011 Christmas. I mean, we can play the ostrich and stick our head in the sand or we can just look at it and say, God, what do I got to do to get my house in order to get ready? So number one is you better trust Almighty God and the Word of God. Matthew 7 tells us this. Verse 24, it says, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings, the Word of God that we're going to do today, the sayings of mine, and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which builds his house upon a rock. We're building our house upon a rock. Further in the Word of God, it says, that rock in the wilderness, that rock was Christ Jesus. I'm building my house. And all my children that have followed me and all their children that have followed them are building their house upon this rock. What rock? Christ Almighty and the Word of God. And that's what this is telling us right here. It doesn't keep you from storms. Look, it says the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon the house and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them shall be likened unto a foolish man 
which buildeth his house upon and doeth not, them not is like a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. Most of you probably, if not everybody, has taken some vacation somewhere on the coast and has played in the sand or just stood in the sand. Stood where the water would come up to about your knees or ankles and you can feel the sand going out from under your feet. Or build a little sand castle when the tide's out and when it comes in. It's gone. It's history. And that's what God is saying here. He says, the rain descended, the descended, the floods came, the winds blew, beat upon the house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. God is giving us opportunity to get our lives together, get us straight and line up with the Word of God, not just, yeah, I think I'll go to church. I maybe. No, I'm busy. I'm going to take a ball game. No, I'm talking about getting serious with Almighty God. Getting serious and making God not part of your life, but your life. That's what Christ wants to be. He didn't die on the cross to just be a facet of your life. Always to give him all your life and trust him. God says, that's built upon the rock. And then finally, John 16, 33 simply says, these things I have spoken unto you. You know, what's cool, Jesus is the truth. That's one of his names. It's not a facet of truth. His name is the truth. And he tells you the truth. And he says, here's the truth. These things I've spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. You can. You can have peace in Christ in the midst of the storm. In the world, you shall have tribulation. God says, you're going to have it. In this life, very seldom does it go ease. You will have tribulation. But then he goes on and says, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And remember, you cannot treat him like a divine Santa Claus. Do what you want. Act like you want. Say what you want. Live the way you want. No one's telling me what to do. Get in little trouble. And you go, Santa! And you ring Santa's bell and he comes with your present. Mm, that's not going to work either. There is a time of the church is going to be caught up and taken away. If you're a true believer of God, it could happen today. Right here in this church while I'm laying out the Word of God, the rapture can happen. The sound from heaven, whenever it's going to be, only God knows and it can happen and bam, we're gone! What it says in the Word of God. When that is, all I know is someone told me, I put on Facebook, end times tomorrow, don't miss it. And someone told me the rapture bags are packed. That's the way you better be. Have your rapture bags packed. When you got to go to work, go to work. When you got to deal with a kid, deal with a kid. When you got to cut the grass, cut the grass. When you got to buy a new car, buy a new car. It doesn't mean freak out and do nothing. Johnny's in a ball game. Go watch him. But have those bags packed and ready to go when God calls. And so that is going to happen. Now, I have tons of interaction with Lorraine back there in the booth. And so we kind of got to slow down once I get through these first few scriptures of trying to give you some comfort because when you see things, you can be unnerved. Unnerved at what's going on. Okay, first little clip is called, Are You Ready? Are you ready? Let's just watch this to give you an idea of what happened. The rapture. Uh, I plan on going. There's always some difficulties of knowing when. They think maybe before the trib, mid-trib, after the tribulation period, seven horrible years of... I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure asking God to make it before it all happens. I have a good feeling it might. I kind of like, but that's the way us humans are. I mean, El Capone could die. He could be at the funeral and people will say, he's a good man. Or they'll say, he's in a better place. 
that's what we do as people. Anything to not face the truth. That's how we are. And we'll pick out churches and pastors that will smooth things over and not say crazy things to scare us. But I'm into wanting you to make heaven and to make it great. When I was a young man, a famous song was out. And it kind of was... Back in 1967, I think I graduated, 69, I got married. Somewhere around there, the song came out. It was so offensive to the people that they banned it. They banned it from the radio stations. We had to go find it and buy it in order to be able to play it. They absolutely banned it because it terrified the people. But I found it for you. We ready for that one, please? I can remember cruising in my 1964 Chevy Super Sport 327 bucket seats. On my way to get Ruth singing, we're on the eve of, we used to put our hand out the window like this, on the structure. No clue, but I was singing, didn't know God at all. And have you noticed that your nation no longer puts the uh, towers that fell in 9-11 on TV? It's too upsetting, disturbed. It's the truth. It happened. It happened. And the guy that went crazy in Fort Hood and shot all those people, 13 people, and they refused to call my they refuse to call them a terrorist. So you cannot put your eggs in that basket. Love your country. Pray for your country. That's about it. Okay, Revelations chapter 16. Actually kind of starting. It's already quarter after 11. So I really hope that you plan on just giving this entire day to God. And we'll just pick right back up tonight at 7 o'clock because this is great stuff. Here we go. These are various things that are going to happen in God's timing. God's timing. It says, And the sixth angel poured out his veil upon the great river Euphrates, and the water thereof was dried up, and the way the kings of the east might be prepared. Whole nother gamut there, right there. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon, and out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. A lot of symbolic language in Revelation. Frogs. I think the Egyptians had uh, gods that were frogs. They would put frog faces and various things. Uh, maybe it's India. We can look into that maybe later. Verse 14 says, For they are the spirits of devils working miracles. Working miracles. Every miracle you see or something that's really baffling makes you wonder is not necessarily from God. You've got to have the Spirit of God inside of you witnessing to these things, lining up with the Word of God. Working miracles which go forth unto the kings of the earth and the whole world to gather them to battle the great day of God Almighty. Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and see his shame. And he gathered them together into a place called in the Hebrew tongue, Armageddon. Now, Hollywood don't get it, but they sure are in and making movies of the end of the world here in the last ten years. I mean, all, all kind. In fact, one movie was named Armageddon. So it is on the minds of those who don't even want God in their heart. It is on their minds. Armageddon. This is a Hebrew word. Two words come uh, make up this word. Har. The first part, H A R. Har is a means a mountain range or a hilly country. A mountain range. Har. Megiddo. Means a rendezvous. 
rendezvous. I could say to Brian, hey Brian, let's meet up at Denny's at 8 o'clock. That's a rendezvous. Armageddon, a mountain range, hilly country, a rendezvous, rendezvous and an appointed place. God is going to have a rendezvous with all the wicked and the evilness that it's in this world. That's rising up that you see on Fox News. That you see all through the news. God says, we got a meeting. You and I are going to have an, an appointed time. And God is telling us here, this is where it's at. And we do have a map to try to show you a little bit. Here it comes. Mount Carmel, this right here. This is that valley. Armageddon. Right there. This Sea of Galilee, the Jordan River, runs down here in the Dead Sea. The Dead Sea has been finding, they've been finding all these great wealth of minerals in the Dead Sea. That's part of one of the bait that the enemy is going to be hooked by God to come and want to get. Okay, so there you see. Just look at that for a while. This battle of Armageddon occurs near around the end of the tribulation. Seven years that God talks about years of tribulation. We're hoping and praying as a church that we're gone before that tribulation time. Believe so, but we're not sure for sure. It just doesn't really tell us. There are some things in here that leans that way, but whatever, just be ready. Seriously, just be ready. And when this time of uh, stuff starts to happen, the battle of Armageddon occurs near the end of the tribulation, and then comes the second coming of Christ. So the rapture of the church could take place. Revelations, I think it's the first four or five chapters deal with us in the church, and from six on is Jacob's troubles. It has everything to do with Israel again as God starts to call them back. When Christ came the first time, Israel, the Jews, did not recognize Him. And they were part of crucifying Him. When He comes the second time, during that time of tribulation, all this is going to open the eyes of the Jews and they're going to, oh, the Messiah and the second coming is going to return. True believers most likely will be gone. True believers. Not just people who say, I go to church, I'm a Christian, and then you just kind of do what you want and you see the Word of God and you go, yeah, but I'm not doing that. If that's what you say, they're not going to make it. They're going to be those people that we saw in that first clip. It's going to happen. Somebody here might be an end-time, post-rapture preacher. Think of that. Someone's going to continue to preach the Word of God after the church is gone. And it's going to be the one who knew the truth but just dabbled with it and messed around with it. And bam, we're going to be gone. And Maybe that's your calling to be that end time. I'd rather not be that one. I'd rather not. Seriously, someone will. Someone's going to be proclaiming the Word of God at that time. God always has His people. So the second coming can't happen until the Jewish people really get their eyes start to, to open up and see what God is doing. Now, Revelation 16.12. Let's look at this verse again. And the sixth angel poured out his veil upon the great river Euphrates, and the water thereof was dried up in the way of the kings of the east, that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. Okay, This great river Euphrates, the Romans, considered Euphrates River a natural secure barrier against the enemy. They didn't have rockets and airplanes and helicopters. Natural secure barrier from the emperors of the east. It was, in that day, it was 1,800 miles long, the Euphrates River. 1,800 miles long. In fact, the Euphrates and Tigris River, that's where they believed Garden of Eden. Okay, 1,800 miles long and points 
It was from 300 to 1,200 yards wide. That's a natural barrier up until modern technology. If the Euphrates are going, it's going to be dried up and made into a road, massive armies from the east can come right down that road. Nations such as China, India, Japan could move westward with ease. With ease. I think we have a, a map of the Euphrates to give you an idea where it runs. Isn't it amazing? Garden of Eden, everything in here, the seven churches of Asia, all, all here. This was the hotbed of Christianity. All Paul's journeys in the church of Ephesus, Philadelphia, Smyrna, all here. Okay, the great river Euphrates, somewhere in this, here's the Tigris. Somewhere in this area was the Garden of Eden. Iraq, that's right. Iran, yep. This was the hotbed of Christianity. Perfect example. If we let Christianity, the light of the gospel, go out in this nation, that's what we'll end up with. Adam has proclaimed to us for years as we started the restoration, which is an attempt to gather up the teens and the youth who will be adults making law and passing laws and becoming judges and doctors. We've been going after four years to try to pour into them Christianity. Because the, let me see if I get this right. I think with my father's generation, my dad has passed away three years ago in April. I think he was 89 when he passed away. He was a World War II vet. I think the percentage might have been 64% was Christianity. Then came along the baby boomers, which I am 61 years old. I'm part of that baby boomers during the, during the war, down to 34%, if I believe that that's right. 35, 34% Christianity. Christianity, we're making all the calls. We're calling all the shots. We're sitting on all the circuit benches in California and all over the place making these laws and judges. And that's this group. And then Adam's group, my children behind me, is it down to 16%? 16%, and they are what I would call young adults, but they're adults. You're working now, you've gone to school, you're teaching school, you're driving a truck, whatever you are. And then their children, is it looking at 4% Christianity? And by the way, that's what Europe has. 4%. That's where we're heading. That's where we're heading. Most of the youth that walk our schools probably haven't been in church, never picked up a Bible. Some don't even know about the name of Jesus. We've been told that to our face. So that's where we're heading. And this is where the great Euphrates is going to dry up. Over here, you can't see it on the map. You've got Japan, China. The kings of the east, supposedly, according to the word of God, is going to come down. It's going to be a natural road. Here's the bait right here, Israel. I think Israel's the size of Rhode Island. Look at Saudi Arabia alone. Saudi Arabia, actually, if you go way back, which we might do tonight, is where the Ishmaelites ended up. Iraq, look at Iran. All these things. Here's Kuwait. This is where Desert Storm was. Saddam decided to come and take over Kuwait, and that's where we send Brian Hayes, I think, went to Desert Storm. Didn't you, Brian? Yeah. That's where he was fighting. Now we have other people like, like Benz in Afghanistan, which is over here somewhere. So Euphrates is going to dry up someday.
You can look this up because I haven't had time. My office is one big de uh, books all over the place. But I, I believe I found this out years ago. Can't remember how. And I'll just say it out there so you guys who like to investigate that that China is assume, uh, consuming uh, or on this binge of trying to get horses, horses, war horses, horses. And look it up. Check it out. Okay, so this is the, the map of the Euphrates. Now we're going to read Psalms 2. We're going to read Psalms 2, 1 through 4. We're going to read it in the New Living Translation because end times and all the symbolic stuff is, is difficult. And sometimes King James can be like that song Don was trying to sing so fast. Get your tongue all tied up. But Psalms 2, 1. It says this, the psalmist says, Why do the nations rage? Why do the people waste their time with feudal plans? The kings of the earth prepare for battle. And they are. All the stuff that's going on, Egypt, Mubarak had to go. And you're, you're probably like most Americans, except for the Wednesday nighters, are going, that's democracy, that's freedom. That's not going to be democracy. It's not. It's just not. Gaza, democracy, freedom. And so we let them vote, and they voted in Hamas, which is a terrorist group. That's probably what's going to happen to Egypt unless God has some years of mercy still for us. That's probably what's going to happen. Mubarak was not um, a good guy. He was rough to the Egyptians. Rolled there for three decades, 30 years. I think America paid him. It's either $1.3 billion or $3.1 billion. They paid for his friendship so that he would be nice to Israel. And so now the uprising, you're yelling democracy over here in America. We're going, oh, man, that's pretty cool, democracy. And then the Muslim Brotherhood is actually a religion over there. It was illegal for anybody that belonged to a religious organization to run for any political party. Mubarak's gone. That law's gone. The Egyptian army's rewriting the Constitution. You're going to be able to run. The Muslim Brotherhood's a political party. They're going to be able to run. Last I knew, 65% of Egypt was Melissa, um, the, uh, the Brotherhood. 65% Muslim Brotherhood. So the most likely they'll get voted in just like Hamas did in Gaza. Libya, Gaddafi, another crazy guy. Absolutely crazy. And it kind of looks pretty cool. It's really not going to be. It's just not going to be. This stuff has to happen in order for God's plans. It just has to happen. Remember the old Soviet Union held all those countries and a lot of those countries, the best that man could come up with, are going to be in that revised Roman Empire. And we're going, how can they possibly be in that revised Roman Empire when they're under the strong hand of communists? Well, I don't know. Something's got to happen. Well, it happened. It all fell apart. The Soviet Union just fell apart. And a lot of those countries have broke loose, have broken loose, set free from that temporarily. It's all temporary. So this is what's going on now in the northern part of Africa. Libya, Morocco, Tanzania, Sudan, Ethiopia, Egypt. Now, this is what's... And it's actually it's playing in the hands of Almighty God. Europe could be going... <laughs> God's going, relax. This is what I told you was going to happen. Okay, so... 
The kings of the earth prepare for battle. The rulers plot against uh, together against the Lord and against His anointed one. See, this is this is really what it is: is that they hate Israel, they despise and hate Israel, and they hate America. Where the great Satan, Christian Western civilization, it is something they despise. And so God tells us in Psalms here too, too, um, that. Their rulers are plotting together against the Lord and against His anointed one. And they say, let us break their chains, they cry, and free ourselves from slavery. But the one who rules in heaven laughs. Remember that. That's the one you want to be on His side. Do you understand? All of us have seen those unnerving, scary clips of Al-Qaeda, Hamas, all these weird things, these masks and uh, chopping heads off and shooting things. It's unnerving. And the masks and the chanting and the rage and there's mobs of them and mobs of them. Unnerving. Your God looks at him and says, what a joke. He laughs. He laughs. Our God. Remember that because you can get unnerved and think, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. God, well, what's the big deal? I've told you this for thousands of years. And so you need to get yourself lined up with the Word of God. I know us. We get fearful. God remembers that. We're but what? Dust. You understand? We're dirt. We're dirt. Well, I pick up a bunch of dirt and say, God, this is all I am. I do that to God. And I got the juke to save these people's lives, eternity, and souls. I'll take a walk out on a Sometimes I pick up dirt and just walk on it. I say, this is all I am, God. I can't make these decisions. Just like today, before I was uh, speaking here, I was like, God, I'm, I'm just a screwdriver in your toolbox. I'm just a wrench. I have no, you've got to just help these people to try to understand what we say and speak truth. The best of our knowledge. We miss some things, and I'll come back and retweet them. But this stuff is going on. Ezekiel 38, 23 says this. Here's, the, here's what God's going to do, the whole world. You included and everybody in the world. Ezekiel says this, Thus will I magnify myself. See, a lot of us refuse to magnify God as Lord of our life. We do. We refuse to magnify Him. We refuse to accept Him as Lord and Master. Jesus comes a time in God's timetable. He says, okay, fine. I'm going to do it myself. Thus will I magnify myself and sanctify myself, set myself apart, and I will be known in the eyes of many nations. And they shall know that I am the Lord. That's what's going to happen. All you kids aren't interested in chewing gum or texting, sitting there now wondering if Johnny likes me. All that stuff's going to fall away. I wonder if I made the cheerleading. Go for it. Try to be the cheerleader, but you better have your bags packed. God says, I'm going to come. It's come a point in time where I'm going to magnify myself, and they're all going to know that I'm the Lord. 1948, May, just signed the paper, became a state, immediately a tap. How on earth are they going to win that? Humanly impossible. 6,000 rifles. 6,000 people in the service, armed service, 3,000 rifles had bullets for three days. And they won. Now explain that. Well, the bullet went through this guy, went through that guy, killed five at one time. 
come on. Can't you just say, God did it. God did it because God said, and God's not pumped with the Jews. He picked them because they were the littlest and smallest, insignificant and weakest. That's why, that's why he picked them. That's what the word says. And God says, when they become one, they become a nation, they're not going to be dispersed again. And that's why. That's why. Who remembers the Six-Day six War? I was think that's the year I got married or either the year I graduated, 67, 69. Six-Day War. Israel knew at any moment they were going to get wiped out by Egypt again. Egypt again. Six days. Six days. They took the nation out. I'm pretty sure this is documented. It might be another one of you surfers, net freaks, to go look. There was documented that they saw fiery balls rolling across the desert floor, taking out tanks. Six days. God. God protects the Jew, Israel. He's protecting it because it's all in his plan. It's all in the plans of God. God says, there's coming a time where I'm going to magnify myself. And you and I are living in that time where it's starting to line up. I mean, when I was a young person, nothing was happening in the Middle East. That's why that song didn't even bother us. Easter world's exploding. Huh? What? Just little things. And then they, uh, what was it, the 72 Munich, Germany Olympics, where these guys with things on their face took the Jewish Olympic team and killed a member. Like, what the heck is that? What's going on? And then OPEC was formed, and at least the first time I ever paid attention to it, and they went like this to our oil. And I find myself in a high river boulevard, backed out about 50 cars from the gas station. And this is the truth. People in front of me were taking out woods of blocks, blocks of woods like this, putting it down in front of the gas tank, getting their car, putting that left rear tire on that thing so it would tilt this way. So you can get more gas. How's gas prices? Look at me. They're cheap. They're cheap. You get to a place and you see what they're going to do. They're cheap. Okay. Now we're going to try to explain some of these. This is bad. This is really going to be difficult. Listen, this is probably going to flow into other Sundays unless God says, okay, enough. Okay, because it's just too much. You can't expect to sit here for half an hour to 40 minutes and leave and go, wow, now I got it all. I'm understanding. Give me a break. It's just too much, too difficult. But the Iranian, this current events and this uh, president of Iran has really been the kind of the guy who started all this. The Iranian leaders are attempting to pave the way for their Messiah. The Mahdi, Mahdi, I think it's it. Mahdi, is that how you say it? The Mahdi, that's their Messiah. They want him to return. That's part of the Muslim tradition. So, Iran, some here not that long ago, held this multi-day conference to plot out what can be done to hasten the coming of their Messiah. The end times person known as the Mahdi. So this is what they came up with. Muslims believing in the Mahdi as the messianic figure who will return after some type of apocalyptic event, some kind of world big, unbelievable, crazy, shaking event. And so what these guys have done 
they've gotten themselves together and they're convinced that it's their job in order to hasten his return to cause the chaos. To cause it. We're going to cause this because it's going to hasten the return of our Messiah so that all the infidels and all the non-believers. You know what's weird? Has anybody watched Glenn Beck in the last year and a half? Preaches better than most of us. On the end times, he's a proclaimed Mormon. Fox 2 News. He's on Fox News. Was John Hagee on with him? Was that actually on? John Hagee and him sat on Fox News at 5 o'clock, millions and millions of viewers talking about end times. Where were you watching? Oprah? Homer? Seriously, we're, we're goofy. Wondering if the Reds are going to take the pennant. Go to a Reds game, whistle and holler. Maybe they'll take the pennant, but have your bags packed. Okay, here's... Let's look at this clip, the next clip, where the president of Iran gives his advice to those who are following him. August 2nd, 2006, in the early 1940s, you remember Hitler? Clenched fist, ready? Look up all the Hitler stuff. What was his big thing? Boom, wipe out the Jews. So here we got it now, this guy. Same thing want to wipe out the Jews and they believe that they cause all this chaos, worldly chaos, that this Mahal will then come back. Their Messiah. And they are dedicated to their belief. Sold out. Don't have to wonder if they'll be back Sunday night to hear the word. Sold out. And Iran had kind of an uprising. Remember, the people were stirring in an uprising against this guy. And there was a chance to dethrone him, get rid of him. And Barack Hussein Obama did nothing. Mubarak, same thing. They had a chance to kind of shore that up and take care of that and keep him in there. He at least was somewhat of an ally to Turkey, or ally to Israel, because we were paying him billions of dollars to leave them alone. And he was living... A life of ease. We could have done something, and Barack Hussein Obama did. Did nothing. Did nothing. I been saved for like since '74, so whatever that is, can't add that. 38 years, 37 years, and wondered what on earth is going to happen to America. America, we got this superpower. Man, we could take a missile and put it in your ear from two miles away. How's this all going to wind up? You elect the right people, and we will do nothing. Nothing. And we're doing nothing. Remember that when you go somewhere in 2012. We're doing nothing. Recently happenings in the past couple of years. Five more nuke plants were found in Iran. Deep cover M16 agents who found a previously secret underground uranium enrichment plant near the Iranian holy city have discovered a staggering five more similar plants. Have your bags. Forget the duct tape and plastic. Have them packed. I mean, this is God just telling his people, look, did you, what was my last text I put on Facebook? When you see these things happening, look up for your redemption draw of nine. This is, understand, it's not a bad thing that you're going to go to heaven. It's not a bad thing. That's the ultimate thing. But these things got to line up and start to come into to shape in somebody's lifetime. It looks like it's ours. 
Wouldn't it be okay? Well, no, that would be nice to say. I was going to say it'd be all right if it was Luke's time. But that's my Luke. It's my time to pour in the things of God into my Luke, into my Isaac, and whoever else God gives it. Another little thing I found, Iran has enough uranium to build at least two bombs. Everybody wants to make George Bush look like the idiot. He knew. It says, now, thus now, Iran appears to have the essential materials to move steadily towards building two atomic bombs as soon as it makes the political decision to do so. You know, they're crazy. They'll do it. They just found a guy in Texas enrolled in the Texas University trying to, on the web trying to make a... Uh, Weapons of mass destruction and find George Bush's house. You read that on the news? That was this week. This week. We have a government that won't even close the border of Arizona because of drugs. Because of drugs, we're talking about weapons of mass destruction. And then we kick around the idea should I go to church? Should I serve God? Should I live for God? I have something to say to you. What? What? And you don't have to like this church or even me, but you better get in the one that preaches the Word of God and keeps your feet upon that narrow road and follow God through all this crazy end times world we're living in. Now quickly, uh, let's try to we'll move south to Gaza. Gaza says um, violent rocks can now reach Tel Aviv. Tel Aviv is one of the places in Israel. The head of Israel's military intelligence warned that Hamas Terrorists in the Gaza Strip now possess resist missiles capable of striking Tel Aviv. It can happen before we we go out for lunch. We did. I mean, I turned the news on. I don't like watching a whole bunch of it. I'm like you, but I, now I'm starting to turn around more and wonder what, what Libya do today. Better check it out. What Libya do? And that Bahrain, that little insignificant island off the coast of Saudi Arabia. Well, that whole water strait, oh my God. What's that called? Persian Gulf? All that stuff is where your oil comes from. We're probably sitting on more oil than we can use, and our government is doing what? Nothing. That's what they're going to do. They're going to do nothing. Okay, maybe we'll stop with this one. Iran threatens oil transport, transportation route. Iran's threatening it. Now, with the prospect of Israel bombing Iran's nuclear facilities, Looming. And I keep saying, Israel, do it. Do it. Do it. We won't do it. And that's what they did in the uh, Six Day War. They knew within a week they were going to be attacked. Instead of sitting around wondering, looking at each other in the song, legislation, pass no legislation, that's what we do. Israel went, let's do it. And they took them out in six days. They took their Air Force out and then could handle it. And so now this is the same thing going on. So, and Iran knows it. So Tehran has renewed its threat to shut down the, the Strait of Hormoz, through which up to 40% of the world's supply passes. Better go get gas today. Fill up today. You'll be good for a week. You got my car, you'll be good for four days. That's the way it is. Do we have a picture of that one? Can you make it any bigger? Is that it? Persian Gulf? Yes, that's right here. This is where it all, 40% of the world's oil comes right through this strait, and Iran's going to say, huh. And our economy will instantly 
go crazy. That's just that's just how close it is. Johnny got a game tonight. Root for him after you go to church. I plan on going to lunch today with my bags. Okay. Joseph and Tiffany off in New York. I don't have to worry about them because I know they have the rapture bag packed in New York. Visiting my son Jonathan, who's got his bag packed. But they'll go and take in a few Broadway plays. I'm not going to say, oh no, crawl under a bridge and don't live anymore. It's the last thing we need to do. You who know the truth need to tell those who don't. Need to share. Give them something to hope. It's chaotic. It's crazy. If you have no God to trust. There's lots of gods in America. There's only one true God that you'd be able to trust through all this. And his name is Jesus. I mean, that's just, that's it. I'll go to my grave proclaiming that. We're going to sing this song, Your Great Name. Okay, so I need the band and the singers come back. But there's a reason we're going to sing this song. Because I know I'm giving you very scary stuff. As they come, keep listening to me. Can you do that? Turkey has always been kind of an ally. Sort of. Remember? Sort of. And in our last war, over there in the Mideast, with Saddam and all that kind of stuff, we wanted the right to fly over Turkey. Airspace. And what did they say? Get out. We went, what? Huh? We're always, hey, you and I, Clay, Lenny, you and I, brother, get out. I'm not allowed to fly over Turkey. So Turkey has taken a radical turn in their international policies. They have. They truly have. Abandoning almost overnight, it says, two decades. Two decades, a long relationship with Israel. They had a long 20-year relationship with Israel. On October 13, 2009, Turkey canceled a joint military exercise with Israel and instead signed a treaty with Syria that includes plans to strengthen military ties and visa requirements for each country. Syria is one of Israel's most aggressively hostile enemies on their border. Syria and Libya um, and Lebanon, if I'm saying it right, get the names mixed up, that little one by Syria, what's that? Lebanon are still legally at war with Israel. Still. Turkey's doing military things with Israel for 20 years. And so Israel goes, hey, we'll do another one on such and such. And all of a sudden they say, no, we're done. And they're now hooking up with Syria, arch enemy, and always has been of Israel. Also, give you this one, because we had these guys speak here. Who remembers Pastor Dan from Romania? Pray for Pastor Dan. Up there around Ar Armenia, um, the Armenians, it says, in the news is this historical, geopolitical establishment of protocols for full diplomatic relations between the Armenian and Turkish people. So now, this Armenian country is also a full member of the Russian-led military alliance known as the Collective Security Treaty Organization. That was never in the news. So all these 
countries are passing laws and making these treaties and lining up. We didn't get to Ezekiel 38, yet we will. For God says, Persia and Magog and Gog, you're all going to come down from the north. You're going to put a hook in your mouth, and the hook in their mouth is all those minerals and unbelievable things that's in the Dead Sea. Another hook is Russia has always wanted a warm port, so cold and icy, a warm port, and the biggest hook is oil. And they're going to come down. And the emperors from the east, or the kings from the east, most likely China, India, and Japan, starving for energy. And this is all starting to form in our lifetime. Last one. This really is the last one. I hate when pastors do that. And I don't want to be like that. But i gotta, I got to try to find a nice cutoff. And this is the last one. Large quantities of natural gas have been found off the coast of Israel. Large quantities of natural gas. Another hook. God has baited his hook. And the people want it. You gotta get that. It says Israel has found the mother load of natural gas deposits. Noble energy and a exploration team drilling companies have have after five years of drilling. At the Tamar site, T A M A R site, 56 miles west of Jehafa, uh, H A I F A. Well, these cities, I just can't say them all right. Discovered an estimated 3 trillion cubic feet of natural gas. God set in the hook and put the bait out there. Because when you read Ezekiel 38, God says, I'll be. I will put a hook in your jaw and I will make you God's not afraid of the fire. So let them show their videos, let them wear their masks, let them do those horrible things. God says, I'm laughing. I'm setting it up. I'm setting it up for the end time. Your job is to make sure what side you're on. Not in name only. I didn't even get to this. This is on earth. Visitors' table up has been on there for years. I don't even know if any of you have ever taken it. On there for years, talking about the Operation Exodus. The miracle has begun. This whole this is a group of people who are sold out to bringing Jews back to Israel, and that's another one of the end times things. The Jews would go back to the homeland. You can see Ezekiel 38. So when you come back, when you come back and you're at peace, people are going to come. They're coming back. And right now they're at peace. There's pieces and gifts everywhere. Jerusalem was known in the Word of God as a cup of trembling. Take a coffee cup and just tremble. Whoever gets it can't can't make it stick. It's constant trembling. British rolled it for 30 years, turned it over, and it became state. Still a cup of trembling. Okay. God tells you to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Okay, let's stand. In this song, they're going to sing. As soon as they started singing it, and I knew what I was going to speak on, there's always an element. I mean, Don had a sky high with that great song, because it's true. It's actually an event in time back then where it was so decimated, the people of God. They were in captivity. Jerusalem was burned down. The walls were kicked down, and God moved on a man called Nehemiah. And that was the song he sang. 
This song here is a great name that we're going to see here. Look at those words you're going to sing. Look at them. The lost have found. If you're lost this morning, it simply means you really haven't given your heart to God. You didn't know about it. Look, I was a Catholic. I had no clue. I just didn't know. I ain't saying anything about them. I'm just telling you where I was in my life. First time I heard the word, I had to be saved. I accepted it. I never heard it until I was 24, 25. I was like, what? Huh? And so if you're here this morning without the security of knowing that God will take care of His people, and I'm not saying bad things aren't going to happen. They are. I'm saying they are. But what I'm saying is you can trust Almighty God. You can trust Him. You can trust Him. You can trust Him. You cannot trust man. You cannot trust our poor government. I love our country. I love the United States of America. I love it. I can't believe what's happening to it. But all are going to turn against Israel. You guys want us? America? No, we won't. We've always been for Even in the scripture, there shows just a, 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 a little bit of a, why are you going to do that? A little bit of question. Why are you coming down to steal all that? And they think that this might be America or Britain's little, little teeny weeny protest and then turn away and not do nothing about it. When Israel became a state, Britain said, this day we're leaving. Britain was leaving while the Syrian Egyptians were coming. They didn't even turn around to help. They just left. They just left. They left them. They left them. God said, no, no problem. No problem. I don't know if God made one bullet split into a hundred. He could. He could. The Word of God tells you how He's going to take out the people. This morning we just took a little bit of time to start to show you why things are happening. It's all laid out in the Word of God. God loves you. He died for you. As they sing the song and you see those words and you're unnerved and you're undone and you're not sure, just come down. I have no membership in this church. Just come down here and say, God, please save my soul and help me through these days. That's what's important. Or come back here because we give the Word of God or find a church that gives the Word of God out. Watch these words. Sing this. You've come with somebody, they'll walk down here if you need rest of you that feel fairly secure in the things of God, it's always nice to come down and talk to God. Always. Hallelujah. What's going on is actually kind of like the uh, birth pangs. It's the birth pangs, really. What's going on? It's not the event. It's the birth pangs. A little bit of studying that man has done and attempted to wrap our minds around the Word of God quite possibly the church will be removed before this really explodes. The Bible says the goodness of God leadeth to repentance. And you think, the goodness of God? This is crazy. What's going on? Well, no. You're here. You're alive. You have opportunity to get your life right with God before it all explodes. That's the goodness of God. God is long-suffering. I am so thankful that God did not decide to come back 37 years ago, the year before I got saved. I am so thankful He waited, waited, at least for me. So hopefully you'll do your very best to come back tonight. We're going to start with Ezekiel 38, which maybe a lot of you are waiting for, but there's just 
I said, okay, I'm going to start here. And I keep studying. I said, well, we've got to tell them this, and we've got to tell them that, and you've got to, got to. There's the table of nations in Genesis 10 where all these people were dispersed, the Tower of Babel by God, and all the nations went everywhere, and this is what's now God's doing all this. There's so much. There's just so much. Is Brian here, or did he have to leave? Are you here, Brian? Wave if you're here. His great name is what's going to keep us. 